Hello and welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter and the topic today is soil health, how you can measure it and what you can do about it. My guest today is... This is David Lobb at the University of Manitoba. I'm a professor in the Department of Soil Science and the focus of my activities is in teaching and research dealing with soil management, soil erosion and soil conservation. Our conversation today will answer four questions. What are the key soil health indicators? How do you monitor these indicators? Does soil health really matter? And how do you improve soil health? I caught up to David Lobb on his cell phone between sessions at the University of Manitoba. David, what are, in your mind, the key soil health indicators? In my mind, I like to keep it simple and practical. And probably the best indicator is crop growth and yield. And if you have a soil health problem, it's a problem because it's affecting crop crop growth. And so using yield maps and visual observations of crop health, um, that's probably the first indication that may or may not be a problem with your soil. Crop growth, crop yield, there's so many things that a farmer can do to improve that over time, even when the underlying soil health may be deteriorating. So how do you know if, if crop growth is a, is a good indicator of soil health? Well, if you're looking within a field, and this is usually you're looking at locations within the field, not comparing one field to the next. That's pretty difficult to do because of management differences. But within the field where the management practices are fairly uniform, if you're looking for areas within the field that are problematic, um, you can certainly look at the, the rates of emergence, the rates of growth, um, even looking for chlorosis in various patches. You can look at a number of things within the field as the crop is growing that give you an indication whether the crop is struggling or not. And so to me, that's what I think is important. And obviously, the ultimate is crop yield and, and yield map. Um, that is going to give you an indication if there's a problem at any given year. And if you have multiple years of crop maps, crop yield maps, you get a pretty clear idea of if there's a persistent problem and one that probably does speak to the health of the soil resource. So back to your list of key soil health indicators. Okay. Beyond crop growth, so, what else do you got? Beyond crop growth, I, I would say that probably the, the best direct indicator of the soil's health or productivity is soil organic matter. Soil organic matter um, is is probably the best indicator because the soil organic matter is critical for soil moisture properties in terms of infiltration and storage of moisture and drainage of excess moisture. It's important for nutrient uh, provision and nutrient holding within the soil. Um, it also is a good indicator for how much biologic activity there is within a given um, soil. Um, so that is probably the, the best indicator of any given soil. Um, and beyond soil organic matter, you have things such as structure, which deals with aggregation, stability of the aggregates, um, the porosity, the macro porosity specifically, which relates to the structure. Both density is something people will consider, but again, that's also related to the structure and porosity. There's a whole bunch of parameters related to um, the physical or structural properties, but they all come back to how much organic matter you have in the soil. So there's a very strong linkage, and that's why if you were going to pick one organic matter, because it captures the nutrients and the moisture 
and the biology is probably the best indicator that integrates all of those. Um, and, and if you want to look specifically at the nutrients, um, organic matter is, is important for the nutrient holding capacity um, and the provision of nutrients to the crop, but you'd probably look at fertility, which most farmers do anyway. So you'd track fertility over time. How much phosphorus do you have in the soil? Um, how much available nitrogen, potassium you have in the soil? Um, so there's a bunch of standard fertility that you would use. We generally don't think of fertility parameters as soil health parameters. In terms of biology, um, certainly we, when we look at soil health in, in academic studies, we'll do things like look at my, microbial activity, uh, soil respiration. There's a bunch of things we look at to actually directly measure how much microbial activity there is. We will look at fungi uh, networks. There's a whole bunch of things we can do, which are again, fairly academic. And probably the thing that's most important to farmers in terms of the biology is, is the crop itself. And again, that comes back to that first point I made about probably the most important parameter when dealing with soil health is the actual crop growth and crop yield. Right. So if we go into the next phase of the conversation, which would be how does a farm know if the soil is getting better or worse over time? Well, again, it comes back to these indicators, which would be is your what's happening with your yield or your crop performance in general um, as an indicator of a lot of these other factors. And then there would be the soil test, which would indicate uh, nutrient levels and also your organic matter. Is that enough or what else would a farmer well, to me, that, that would be enough. Um, it depends if there is a specific problem they're looking for. There could be toxicity issues, and then they may need to look more specifically at, at, at metals, or there could be something that, that takes you beyond that. But for the majority of farmers, in the majority of normal situations, looking at soil organic matter levels gives you an idea of how, how productive the soil is. And you're looking at the crop, that's going to be a pretty good idea of how how healthy that that soil resource is for producing crops that particular type of crop now you have to keep in mind though that you do need to look at it over a whole field because the best way to interpret it is across the land within a field that's going to be an idea where there's good and bad spots within the field in other words things you need to look at and you need to look at it over time both the soil and the and the crop growth the crop yield to see whether or not you have situations that are getting better or worse. It's very difficult to do that in any one year, but you do have to track the performance of the crop over time and the performance of the soil in terms of its nutrient levels, organic matter levels over time to get a good sense of whether the situation is getting better or worse. David Lobb recommends strategic sampling to assess soil health target areas that are showing signs of deterioration and areas where localized management changes are possible. For example, sample hilltops separate from low areas and go back to those same general areas every year. With GPS, you can get very close to the same sample spot, but you want to be careful not to mine an area through repeated sampling. For research purposes, Lob will always move over a few feet from the previous sampling location. Farmers may want to try the same approach. Now we move on to question three. Does soil health really matter? So, so given that question then, does soil health really matter? Or can we just correct for declining health with more inputs? How would you answer? 
Um, certainly more inputs um, and more sophisticated use of inputs, and I said the more quantity, but better use of inputs has certainly helped us improve crop production. And if you look at crop yields over time, uh, as we've done in a recent study, crop yields have doubled or tripled in the last 40 or 50 years. And that's largely because of changes in varieties, uh, cropping strategies, cropping inputs, harvesting techniques, and a whole suite of things that have made crop production um, more uh, productive and therefore profitable. So given that then, uh, that, that yield has is, is been going up so much, it comes back to the first part of the question then, does soil health really matter? In terms of whether the soil health is going to be important with with that situation where we do have the ability to improve the technology, we found that even though soil degradation um, has at best stabilized, but at worst it's actually it's, it's gotten worse in some cases where people have used conventional tillage, continue to use conventional tillage, soil has continued to be degraded. Um, even in those cases, we find that um, the the inputs at a field scale have increased yield. But my concern is that given that there's certain areas within fields that are so degraded that um, we're not necessarily seeing it in field scale crop inputs. And if we look very closely at it, we would probably find that the yields have continued to decline or not gotten better in certain areas of the field. And then to put that into perspective of the whole field and the farm, um, sure, the overall yields have continued to grow up over time, but they probably haven't met their potential. I, I wonder if there's a, is there a cautionary example somewhere around the world where the total disregard for soil health has, has made a farming area, and I, I don't want to get into areas that have or climate change influenced. I really want a soil example where degradation has made it almost impossible to farm. Has that happened? Okay, it is. Okay, it, it is in the process of happening. So, in terms of the soil health or soil degradation, um, we have been able to overcome the degradation that we've been experiencing over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But there is a concern that we have in terms of the soil health and its effect on productivity and profitability. We do find that some of the soil degradation that has occurred has been fairly limited to hilltops specifically. But we are now starting to see those exposed subsoils now being dragged down the slope and they're actually capping off the good productive soil downslope. So these areas that may have been fairly small or localized within fields are growing. And as that happens, it is likely that our ability to overcome um, soil health problems within fields is going to be diminished. In other words, what was a small localized problem will become a fairly widespread problem, which will cause catastrophic economic problems for farmers. And we do see that. We see evidence of that occurring in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Wisconsin, North Dakota, Minnesota. Uh, many places in this region, we are starting to see subsoil being dragged down and capping off good topsoil at the bottom of the slope. Hmm. So I guess the final thought in this conversation, David, is how does a farmer improve soil health? Is, is, is it simply 
conservation tillage, um, improved crop yield that improves um, organic matter, and then maybe adding manure, something like that. What what would you say would be the best ways to improve rather than you know you know limit the continued degradation? How do we actually stop it and then start to improve? Well, it's it's a very good point. I think there is a two step process that I like to refer to when I present to farmers. The first step, obviously, is to identify what the erosion problem is. And usually, the what's the cause of severe soil erosion and soil losses and crop losses is tillage erosion. That's the movement of soil. You're scraping off the hilltops typically. So the first thing is to identify that that is the cause of the degradation and to minimize it. And it may be going to no till or zero till. Um, and that's going to essentially slow, if not stop, that degradation from getting worse. And then the real challenge is the second step, and that's building up the organic matter, building up the soil health. And that requires a fair bit of uh, thought and a variety of practices that can be used. And you've alluded to you've alluded to all three of them. One is certainly look at cropping practices that are going to increase biomass and and that can be a variety of things, growing perennial forages, cover crops, anything that's building up organic matter in the soil is going to build up health over time. Um, the second one, you could be bringing in or uh, importing organic matter such as manure, and some farmers do that in Manitoba and elsewhere. They, they, they localize the manure application to areas where soil organic matter levels are low. And again, that's typically hilltops. And then the third practice, which, which does occur, it's not widely promoted, but it does occur, and that is actually going to the base of the slopes where there is excess topsoil and organic matter, um, removing some of that and applying it to those areas of the field, hilltops, where the organic matter levels are low um, due to soil loss, and, and that does have a very dramatic response and a very immediate response, building up the organic matter, increasing productivity, and increasing profitability. I guess it would have good long-term benefit probably for 10 or 20 or more years. I don't know how long it would last, but uh, yeah, I could see if you ran the numbers on that, that it may start to make some sense. Yeah. And we have actually run the numbers on it. Um, and we first, um, I had done some preliminary back the envelope calculations on all of the costs associated with moving topsoil back to the hilltops relative to the crop yields and the profits and found that it was profitable. Um, and then we decided to take that one step further and we had an undergraduate student in economics working with us um, doing a more detailed study and found the same thing. And we took that even one step further and we had a master's student focus specifically on that. And we had a very full-scale economic analysis of that practice and found that it was able to pay for itself within about three to five years. And that's, that's accounting for um, all the, the inputs uh, associated with equipment rental, uh, hiring custom op op operators, anything you could think of, we, we put into that equation to figure out what the cost was. The yield benefits that we would get at the hilltop, given a, a typical scenario for cropping systems, and market conditions at the time, and also potential losses of crop yield at the bottom of the slope because of changes in hydrology and anything that could be considered a risk in terms of crop production at the bottom of the slopes. Um, looking at all of that, yeah, paid for itself in about three to five years. That's a very high 
level of return on investment for a land improvement practice. And normally, um, you can consider that to be more cost effective than other land improvement practices such as drainage or irrigation, which would occur on different types of landscapes. But in terms of an overall agricultural strategy, that land improvement practice should be given a fairly strong consideration given how quickly it does pay back. Good. Thanks, David. My guest today was David Laub, professor in the Department of Soil Science at the University of Manitoba. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. I'm Jay Wetter. Thank you for listening.